Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back, everyone. Um, my name is Deborah Gillespie of Mothers Against Gun Violence. Roy Washington of Quest Nation. And um, I'm glad to be back. I hope everyone is doing well out there. Uh, today, uh, we have Khalif uh, Muab L, and he is the Executive Director of Breaking Barriers and Mentoring. And he's also the Director of Voices Beyond Bars Mentoring. This agency advocates for former convicts. But before uh, Khalif speaks, uh, I just wanted to share this information with everyone. Milwaukee has the highest incarceration rate for African American in the nation. We actually, by this UWM research project, we rated 13% of incarceration of working age African American men. Um, and the second highest is Oklahoma, but get this, we're at 13%. Texas is twice the size of Milwaukee, and Texas is only at 8 this wow. is that's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but uh, with no further to do, Khalif Muab L, <laughs> how you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I think uh, you know your message is important, and I think it needs to be shared. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So I know that you're 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 advocating in reference to revocations, um, especially revocations uh, with no reason to revocate a person. And so explain to everyone what it is that you'd like them to know. Well, first I want to make an addendum to the uh, the introduction. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm the executive director of Breaking Barriers Mentoring, the president of All of Us at Nine. Voices Beyond Bars is uh, a defunct organization that I kind of came home into, and um, it was it was it was it was a critical phase of my life that they helped me through, and uh, they are credited for where I am today. So I wanted to let that be very known and clear. Okay. Um, but uh, what you're talking about is crimeless revocation. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a huge epidemic here in the state of Wisconsin where the DOC has a overwhelming amount of discretion as it pertains to sending people back to prison. The burden of evidence here in the state of Wisconsin for corrections is not that of the preponderance standard, which is a lower standard than beyond a reasonable doubt. And it's definitely nowhere near beyond a reasonable doubt standard. So if it's lower than the preponderance standard, which is um, the standard that they use for civil cases, it's not it's not ordinarily used for criminal cases because when you when you involve in criminal um, cases, you're talking about life, liberty, uh, things of that nature. You're essentially on trial to be stripped of your citizenship period so the burden of 
evidence is much higher uh, in criminal convictions and uh, cases or whatnot. In the civil realm, there are a lesser um, burden that the opposing party or the petitioning party has to satisfy. Okay. And the preponderance of evidence is a standard that just that generally uh, deals with the person that has the most evidence mm-hmm. is the person that wins. In criminal court, beyond a reasonable doubt, you can have evidence, but then you have to justify the evidence. Then you have to establish the intent. Then you have to establish, you know, there are other, there are other critical, um, critical, uh, critical mandates that has to have uh, be satisfied before you can convict somebody of a crime uh, in criminal court. The state of Wisconsin is a unique system where this system is really scrupulous as it pertains to criminal justice here in this state. Um, I know this because um, I'm, a, I'm a paralegal and I'm a lawyer uh, by trade, by trade, even though I'm a community organizer and I do other things. I, um, I started out there. Okay. And the the way that the state statutes overlap with the Wisconsin Constitution and the federal law constitution mm-hmm. is unlike any other state in the country. How so? Well, for instance, um, on parole, if you're if you are a person that's on parole or extended supervision, there is a minimum standard um, as it pertains to the burden of proof that has to be met mm-hmm. to detain you. Right. So you can call in right now after I leave this show and say, hey, Khalif was there. He was obliterating in the show. I was afraid for my life. And um, I don't know where to go from here. And the DOC will put out a warrant for my arrest. And they would detain me in MSDF. And that would also mean that they would detain me there indefinitely for a period between zero to 90 days, right? And it can go beyond the 90 days if they if they decided to pursue revocation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is really difficult because it creates this overwhelming anxiety on people who are um, on community corrections because when you think about it, you're not safe entering into any environment. You have to trust that the people that you're interacting with or interfacing with are people who are decent enough to not make these allegations. And it places us in this extremely vulnerable position where it almost makes you afraid to do anything that, uh, that would, that would ultimately get a red, get a, you know, like a, (laughs) a red light hanging over your head. Like me, I've been all over the country, um, speaking and you know about these particular issues, not just around uh, crimeless revocations, but mass incarceration as a whole. Okay. The over incarceration of so-called black men in this country, the rising number of so-called black women in this country, um, uh, of Latinos and so-called Native Americans in this country. This is a growing epidemic, and it's been here present with us since the times of slavery. It is just uh, it's it's another name right. behind what they do. And then when we talk about classifying people as felons, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to get back to the point. Um, When you classify people as felons, a few things happen 
when that happens, right? Right. So when you're convicted of a felony, you're 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 referred to as a felon. Now, if you look up the etymology of felon, this goes all the way back to religion, goes all the way back to the religious doctrine. Felon in the etymology, you got to look up the etymology. You look up the the root, where the word comes from. Not okay. just the definition in the dictionary or right. the Black Laws Dictionary, but look up the etymology of felon. It refers to the felon in the etymology as Lucifer, reject, devil, unable to be redeemed, undesirable. These are the things that you're going to find out about what this word felon means. Now, these are the same things that we were being called coming out of slavery with the word black, with the word negro, with the word colored, these words mean the same thing. And when we talk about how we got to where we are today, we go all the way back to the slave codes, the black codes, the vagrancy laws, the literacy laws. And then you start to see the mustering of the history of mass incarceration. We go from one plantation to another plantation. Now, going back to my point, this state is one of the... One of the most difficult states to navigate, criminal justice-wise, and I'm going to tell you why. One, if we focus on corrections, mm -hmm. let's just go there for a minute. In a criminal case, in court, if you have an accuser, you have a right to face that accuser, right? Right. You have a right. You have a right to an attorney. Right. Right. You have a right to a twelve panel jury specifically or supposedly of your peers Supposed. but we never get that right, right. <laughs> we right. never get that they say away with the sixth amendment <laughs> and the due process requirements that comes with that right but you at least get 12 people to make a decision right, right? Mm -hmm. um even in a bench trial a bench trial is just the judge making a decision based on uh weighing the gravity of the evidence the right. circumstances the totality of you know those particular things but you get those particular rights, right? Mm -hmm. You also have a Sixth Amendment in place. You have a Fourteenth Amendment in place. You also have a Fifth Amendment in place that guarantees you um, protection against self-incrimination. Right. Right? Those are prerequisites that you have as a uh, person that has been accused of a crime, right? Mm -hmm. And you're innocent, presumably. Until proven guilty. Presumably innocent to proven guilty. But the picture that they paint, you know, you all on the news already. <laughs> you in the newspaper already. You know what I'm saying? You've been People tried. are saying you, you already had the kangaroo court, right. you know, in the media. Yeah. Right? So when you go sit if it's a high pro if it's a high profile case, as soon as you sit down before the jury, they already know you're guilty. I mean, even if the evidence is such that it doesn't prove that. Right. It's just the idea. And they're gonna say he guilty, he did something. So naturally when you see somebody in orange and they sitting uh, behind this thing and they're on the criminal defense side, you naturally automatically think they had to do something. But you never, it never dawns on someone to say, well, let me get this guy a fair shake. Maybe he's completely innocent. You know, you raised a really good point because who would have known that Manafort was already serving time because he comes out in a suit. But for us, <laughs> right. we come out in orange. That's a good point. I never realized that Manafort was already in jail. Oh. Right. But we didn't know that because he comes out mm -hmm. in a suit. So you raised an excellent point. 
And, and not just that, the projection yes. um, and perception, the way they paint it in the media is completely different. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll put our mugshot on the news, right. but they're going to put them in a the suit. Mm -hmm. yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we already have that setup going on, and, 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 and it's a superimposition that we have happening subconsciously that we don't that we are completely unaware of because of what we call societal norms. Now, in 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 Wisconsin, the DOC doesn't have those prerequisites. Even though you're going back to prison, you have a you have a chance to go back to prison. In my situation, I had an opportunity to go back to prison for 6 years for a crime or for an allegation, not a crime, but for an allegation that was made against me that I never had anything to do with, right? And I sat in the county jail for six months because of that. Now, here's the thing. In the, in the, in, in the parole hearing, this is what you have. You have the parole officer, mm -hmm. you have the ALJ, mm -hmm. and you have the representative of the accused. All right? Now, Remember I said earlier that there is not a beyond there's no beyond a reasonable doubt standard. Right. So all the PO has to do is present a packet saying that these are the allegations made against you and we believe them. Right? And it's the burden is supposed to be on the DOC to prove that you did what you did. Right. But you have to prove that you didn't do it. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's reversed. It, it's completely reversed. And you're already sitting in the county jail or MSDF indefinitely. Mm -hmm. So when you, the, 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 the success rate on people being able to beat revocation is less than 3% in the state. Wow. Less than 3%. So out of 100 cases, three people might, might avert going back to prison on revocation might now the system is designed to make people believe that um the influx of recidivism is happening because people are committing new crimes right and they're out here terrorizing the public and things of that nature but the fact of the matter is most people who are returned back to prison don't commit new crimes the fact of the matter is is that most of the people that are sitting in the prison system right now on revocation is there for rule violations and rule violations only. Mm. So that means I have um, a plethora of rules, rules that range from uh, one to maybe a hundred. One of those rules may be I can't spend a night over someone's house without permission. Mm. One of those rules may be I can't hang around so-and-so who's my blood brother because the DOC says so. One of those rules might be I can't have any police contact whatsoever. Now I work around side I I work alongside law enforcement. I wrote the violence uh I was one of the co-authors of the violence prevention plan that we did for gun violence in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We put the interrupters in the streets up there, mm -hmm. the Focus Interruption Coalition, we helped them, uh the mayor uh design what he called his rapid respo uh, rapid response program and project. Okay. We did that, and in uh, 2016, they labeled me one of the most influential African Americans in the state, alongside you know Khalif Rainey Moore and all these other people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Michelle Obama's brother was mm -hmm. in that. 
uh, whole thing or whatnot. And the DOC still sees me as a uh, as a felon and an undesirable. Now, mind you, they believe that your life stops with the first conviction. I was 15 years old when I committed my crime. 15 years old when I committed my crime. I'm 37 years old today. Now, do you really believe that the mindset that I had as a 15-year-old is echoing in modern day at 37 years old? No. This is the picture that they paint. See, they don't tell you the backlog, the backstory, right? So I'm still a 15-year-old in my mind. And my decision-making in my life is still based on the thoughts, ideas, standards, and value system of a 15-year-old that grew up in poverty, that uh, was subjected to all kinds of abuse, gun violence, etc., etc., etc. But now you're telling me that at 37 years old, despite all of the things that I've accomplished, I've built 92 different organizations I've had hands in that, right? I've organized community all over the country. Uh, you look me up on uh, on the internet, they got about 15, 20 pages on me um, just doing what I do. And the response that the DOC gave to that was to put me on high-profile supervision. <laughs> you can't win for losing. Right. right. So I thought that if I came out and I was a positive and productive role model and I was someone who gave back to the community after, mind you, them putting me in solitary confinement for 10 years in the system, in the worst prison in the country, and telling me that the only reason why I'm in solid, the only reason why, why I was in solitary confinement was because um, I had influence. <laughs> over other inmates. Wow. Right? But and it was positive influence, right? It was the influence that they didn't want. Right, right, right. Because it was the influence that told these guys to pick up a book and learn your rights. Learn the Constitution. Understand how to utilize the, uh, the statutory guidelines, the statutes. Understand what the administrative codes and policies mean. What these people can and can't. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do. If they do this, we're going to do this. Right? And we do this legally. But that peaceful assembly and getting people to understand and recognize their rights and, 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 and waking people up about who they are, their history, etc., etc., that's a threat to the DOC. Right. So they don't want nobody like me in, in, in general population. They definitely don't want nobody like me in, in the community. Right. 
because the same thing I was doing behind the walls, I'm doing outside of the walls on a larger scale. That's great. Right now, um, they have me as the uh, the national spokesman for the Moore Science Temple of America. Well, that's about two million people that's under my leadership. What is that? Moore Science Temple of America. That's our nationality. We're Moors. Before there were your know, Christopher Columbuses, before there was this thing called Native Americans, no right. disrespect to anybody. Right. Before they labeled people na- uh, uh, Latinos and all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. we were Moors and amalgamated right here on this land. We were here before anybody came here. We didn't come here. A vast majority of us didn't come here on slave ships. Right. We were already here. You know, so they created the history. The people that conquer the land create the history of the land. And then that becomes what we call African-American history. And they give us one month on a calendar. That's the shortest month. So these are the things that they don't want you to know about who you are and how you are. Let me show you something. I'm going to pull this card out of my pocket. And the the listeners can't see this, but I'm a Moorish American. I'm a true American citizen. It's hard for them to do things to me that they want to do. So what got me out um, out of that bind the last time? was the Moors filed a federal complaint with the Department of Justice and they the basis of their complaint was political corruption and the wrongful imprisonment of their national leader. Now, they released me a week later. They released me a week later. It's on my it's, it's on my driver's license too. You get what I'm saying? This is not, I mean, this is not just something that we, this is the stuff that they don't want you to know, right? These are the things that you, they don't want you to know. Okay. But it's a lot of people waking up. And So for nationality, you say more? I'm a Moorish American, yes. Okay. I'm a descendant of Moroccans born in America. And uh, when I talk about America, I'm talking about the Amoraka, Amoraco. That's what I'm talking about right here on this land, the Al-Maghrib Al-Aqsa. The greater West is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who taught these people civilization and did everything that they were supposed to do until they conquered us. And we fell in Andalusia and they came and took this stronghold over here in 1492. And they would like you to believe that Christopher Columbus was the great white hope and that uh, him and Don Juan did what they were supposed to do. And But they tell you that when they came over here, they embarked upon a people who were already civilized, who were dark, and they were practicing the religion of the East. Well, what kind of people are those? Right? Then the oldest body they found was 1,490 years old. That was a sister named Eve. So these are the things that they kind of concealed, but they gave us what we call uh, a reconstruction of history. Our history mm-hmm. start with African-American. How are you going to be from two continents at one time? Right. That's infidelity. That's calling you unfaithful. That's calling you a treasonous. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. You got to be loyal to your country. Right. Anybody that comes over here from another land, they have to... Pledge allegiance to their flag and then our flag. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right. So-called black people in Africa, they don't have a, a flag, right? So how do we prove that we are a people? This is why they call us animals, undesirables, rejects. You look at the word black, evil, uh, disdain. You know, all these particular things that they just put on us and they just give us those brands and those titles. And that's exactly what they do to you in the system. It's the same thing. So in the system, they gave me a number. Okay. That's true. Right. That inmate number was six numbers. Now, in the times of slavery, they burned that number on your neck in the system. Now they make you wear it around your neck. So it's not like it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. And you identified by that number before you identify by your name. Right. Matter of fact, we want you to learn it. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I never forget that number. It's burned into my head like mm-hmm. they burned it into our skin. Mm-hmm. Now it's a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's a right. psychological thing. So we're dealing with chemical warfare, psychological warfare, uh, bio warfare. We're, be- we're dealing with a lot of different things that's that's coming down on us. So why do you think that the 53206 area code is the center stage in the country right now for mass incarceration? There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Did you know that uh, Elijah Muhammad walked through these through these streets? That Noble Jew Ali established the first temple here in uh, in Milwaukee, Temple Three, uh, in 1928. The man that bought the nationality back, bought the Moors flag back to the Moors, and liberated people had 10,000 members in that temple. Wow! Right here on this soil of Milwaukee. Wow! They say that the rise of the next Messiah is coming out of Wisconsin. So-called Black Messiah. So. You better believe that they're going to put everything that they can. They're going to throw everything they can on us in this particular region. So there is a reason for what's happening in this season. That's just how that goes. But getting back to the point, the kangaroo court that they have set up that they call revocation hearings. Okay. Right? There is no process that is due. Now, there's supposed to be a, a 14th Amendment due process. Right. The Fifth Amendment is also a due process amendment. The Wisconsin Constitution, Article one, six, seven and eight also provide those same those same uh, prerequisites of the federal constitution. But those things don't exist in the DOC. So when the when the when the burden of evidence is lower than preponderance and it's the same standard, it's a lower standard than preliminary hearings. To bind cases over the trial, you go to preliminary hearing. Right. The judge only need to think that you did something to say, okay, that's enough evidence to bind this case over for trial. Now, that burden on revocations is even lower than that. Mm. So think about how how brothers and sisters are railroaded on revocation here. Now, if an allegation can cause you to lose your life and liberty, what does that do to your mental process? You feel hopeless. Right. Helpless. Any, anybody can say something about you. Right. So many brothers get into it. You know, you know this is a domestic situation. You know, we have arguments with our women. You know what I'm saying? And our women right. have arguments. They have their days. We have our days. That's right. Right? But the difference between the normal you, like Brother Roy or somebody like that, you can have an argument with your woman. And somebody can hear it and say, oh, that's just them. They're doing what they do. But if I have an argument with my woman, I got an allegation on me for domestic violence. And I'm going to MSDF, and I'm going to sit there for about 90 days if I don't get revocation. And then the second thing that they're going to do is they're going to put a no-contact order on me and my woman. And they just divided a family. I may have children. Now she got to go. You get what I'm saying? Right. But they're going to justify that. Well, we don't want you harassing her and making her say something she doesn't want to say out of fear of you. But how can she be afraid of you if you're locked up? And that's the whole thing. <laughs> and, and, and you bring up a very critical point, Princess. Mm-hmm. That is the fear factor. Mm-hmm. Everything in this country is designed around fear. Mm-hmm. So this is how they justify what they call the tough on crime rhetoric. Right. Right. You mean to tell me you can go over to Columbia and dump in airplanes barrels and tons and tons of cocaine on this lane and flood it through the neighborhoods? And that's a... That's a that's a ATF and a, a CIA operation, 
And you mean to tell me if this man get caught with a bag of crack, that he finna get life for that? Yeah. You know, that's the kettle calling the tea black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I mean, right. come on, man. I mean, dude, we, 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 we living in a society where everything is based upon this overwhelming sense of hypocrisy. Right? Yeah, it is. Look at what's going on in the news with people like R. Kelly. You got this growing uh, epidemic of this Me Too campaign, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is coming out, uh, multiple people coming out and saying this and saying that. Now, if that was happening to brothers in Wisconsin on parole, they'd be buried under the system. Because those are allegations. And if one person come forward, that's that's terrible. But if two, three people come forward, you it's got to be you got to be guilty. It's a wrap. You got to be guilty. <laughs> so we don't have we we, 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 we we can't win for losing. And that's one of the reasons why um JLUSA, Expo, all of us and none are coming together to fight this oppression. People like Micah, Wisdom, um, other organizations that's been working on this uh campaign for closing MSDF for quite a while are uh, are really focusing in on this five three two oh six issue and um crimeless revocation because if it's a crimeless revocation, why am I going back to prison? Right. Why is my life and liberty in jeopardy? You know, I can't even vote in this state uh if I'm on parole. Right. But I pay taxes. I know. Right? I pay taxes, but I don't got no saying who represent me. I've gotten people elected. You know, I done worked on campaigns and everything, but I still can't vote. <laughs> Just imagine if they would allow us to vote, though. Right. Because look how many of us are all wrapped up in the system here. Mm. If we got uh, 60,000 people on community corrections right now, and those 60,000 people across this region could vote, mm -hmm. do you know the kind of political power oh, we would wear? Oh, we'd be, especially if they voted. Oh, man. Do you know the political power that we could give? Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why they keep us out of the picture. You know, we can't vote. We can't have a say in what goes on with us. Uh, uh, one thing that I do commend uh, Tony Evers on mm -hmm. at this at this particular juncture is he is mobilizing the resources up top to kind of reform some of the things and practices in the DOC. I just want to mention this for you uh, really quick, uh, this email that I received from Just Leadership, that you have a political action day in Madison, mm -hmm. March 26th. That's right. She didn't send me the time, though. Um, those usually start about 9 o'clock okay. a.m. So uh, just for you listening, March 26th, political action day with Just Leadership. And as he said, nine at 9 a.m. in Madison. That's right. That's right. But I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, you didn't interrupt <laughs> me. That's, that's an important piece. <laughs> uh, you had a question for him, Roy. Well, we, I think we are, we're, we're, we're we got one, one minute. minute. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add other than the uh, political action that's happening uh, March 26th in Madison at 9 a.m.? Well, the only thing that I would like to add is I would like people to start thinking outside of the box. Okay. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in scenarios and in life situations, and the only thing we can think about at the moment is pain. So if I pinched you right now, you're not going to remember nothing in this room. You're just going to think about the pain that's been imposed upon you. Right. <laughs> I'm encouraging people to just think outside the box and to stand with your people, stand behind your people. It's time to step out and step up. Because if we don't do that, uh, 
we're going to see another generation of this happen in the next 10 years, and it's going to be a lot worse. And uh, we'll be looking at Milwaukee becoming a third world country at that point. Wow. wow. I can't crazy. imagine that. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank, thank you, you so me. much. He needs an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. We, we, yeah. He needs to be back for two topics. Come back about the Moors. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can bring I can bring some other people with me also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can get that conversation yeah, going. Yeah, we got to do that yeah, we, yeah. Most <laughs> Oh, yeah. It, I recommend that y'all watch Hidden Colors. Oh, I saw oh yeah, I think I seen it. They talk about the Moors uh, yeah, in there pretty extensively, and they tell you give, give you a, 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 a idea of what that is. That's where the we come one from. where the young men were pretty crafty, right? Uh, you had Dr. Umar Johnson in there. You had uh, Tariq Nasheed. You had uh, uh, um, can't remember the other brothers, but it's a lot of scholars in there. Mm-hmm. That's our scholars telling our story. Okay, that predates uh, the American. Uh, nice version of who we are as a people. We we don't have a trace or a beginning. You know, we we are infinite. And every story that we talk about in that Bible is talking about our people as well, all the way down to the Romans. Even some of the Greeks were biracial for the lack of better uh, term uh, for, for a lack of better terms that didn't exist then. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the Greeks were biracial. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know that. We're talking about our people. We talking about Cush. We talking about. Uh, the land of Canaan, we talk about the Canaanites, the Hamites, the Hittites, the Shamites, all of those people. Those are us. That's us. Amen. Yeah, we definitely got to have him back for that yeah, one. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I spoke to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you all.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.